Hello, Spin Frequency listeners. This episode, the first episode of ep- of season four, um, was recorded back in the yoga forest about maybe four months ago. It's the last episode I recorded before leaving the yoga forest, and it's the last episode I recorded with a guest. So it was really beautiful to listen to this episode with Anya as we explore astrology and got to have a great mirror with Anya. She's an experienced podcaster. Um, she's got two podcasts, Horror Poor and Millennial's Guide to Saving the World. She's an amazing lady, very heart-centered, very open-minded, um, very balanced, and it was an absolute pleasure listening to her. Um, this recording came after we had sat for breakfast after a yoga class and we sat for an hour chatting before we even got onto the podcast, which also taught me a lot about maybe having a connection with guests before we actually record, which I've definitely learned from this. It doesn't have to be the way all the time, but it's really good to get to know the the guests before we record and to really get to know our boundaries of what we want to talk about in, in the actual recording. Um... This came at an amazing time in my life when I just met Christopher Ryan, the the podcaster of um, Tangentially Speaking, who inspired me to become a podcaster, as well as Anya, where I found out about Anya's podcast, True Chris's podcast. So this was the time where I met, met Anya and Chris around the same time here in San Marcos, and I was pretty awestruck by the two of them about how amazing they are and how amazing role models they are for me. Um, and it's really exciting listening back to this episode with Anya as I feel I'm getting back into the podcast world I just released my first episode um, that I actually recorded this week on anxiety where I spoke myself about anxiety and what it's like been like for the last couple of months um, experiencing anxiety and now to be releasing this episode I think this is like my third last episode I've recorded that I've left back from those times when I was recording with a lot of people and it makes me so grateful that I did record this episode with Anya back back four months ago and to feel into the energy of paying for this yoga class for her in the yoga forest and her breakfast and this grand invitation which I want to continue with this grand invitation to people who I want to bring on this podcast and that also links into the website which I met with the website creator today the Spin Frequency website and it's coming near the end it's looking good and I'm really excited to release the website. Maybe it'll be released in, in February, which will give options to the listener, which is you, um, to support me with subscriptions, whether that is a five euros a month or 10 euro a month, all the way up to 369 euro a month. It depends where you are in your abundance. So I'm available to receive this money and this money then I can use to live and pay for flights and accommodation and for when low bar dog needs some needs some support in some way whether that be for food or medication or whatever and so it can also pay for the meals and food for grand invitations for amazing guests for you to listen to mine and their conversations um, and trusting and knowing that I have value and that that being a podcaster has a value and that I can be paid to do what I love and I think that's a deep desire for a lot of us is to do what we love and get paid for that 
and I suppose this is my own, my little experiment for you to see that it is possible and I know it's possible and people like Anya are financially stable from money they get from Patreon and so is Christopher Ryan so they're great examples for me to know that it is possible and it's great to meet role models that show you what's possible um, and Anya certainly is a great role, mo- role model and a great mirror and I have a lot of love in my heart for her and I'm really excited now to share this beautiful recording of me and her chatting in the beautiful temple by the waterfall um, at the yoga forest Lake Atatlan, Guatemala enjoy this beautiful conversation please share with your friends please for now the way to donate is through Patreon which is, a, is in a link in the description please um, support me financially if you feel called and if you can if not please share with your friends enjoy this recording many great recordings to come lots of love bye bye yes yay <laughs> hi hi <laughs> thank you for having me on your podcast <laughs> to nada <laughs> What's your name? Anya. Anya Kotz. I'd ask you yours, but I think everybody knows by now. <laughs> Michael. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> how, what, how many episodes have you done? Or what episode is this? Season 2, episode 9. So 19. I'm nice. really sure. That's a big chunk. But I don't know if you're going to be 19 because oh, right. I have 10 in the editing box. Right. Where sound effects are really good today. We've got water dripping. <laughs> so this sounds like it's an episode that will be ready just to go ding onto Anchor. Got it. Where a lot of episodes that need work. So this might be 19 or it might be season four. Who knows? I feel you, yeah. It's now I, anyways. I record conversations with people like months prior that I... I'll release other ones in the meantime, but like it doesn't work with the flow necessarily. So I hold on to it. Um, so yeah, I totally get that. And is there episodes that you have with people that you're like, I don't feel I can share this now with certain scenarios in my life, but maybe at some point my life will allow this frequency? Yeah, I'm not sure of that specifically. I've definitely recorded a couple that I did not release and don't plan to release. Um, less because I said something I didn't want to share and more just because I didn't think the conversation was very fruitful, which is difficult because I feel like a sense of responsibility to the guest obviously to like they took their time to have the conversation with me this has really only happened I think three times and I'm almost at episode 100 so it's it's rare and each time I haven't released the episode it's for a different reason um but yeah it has happened that I just don't feel like you know one time the guy was like Uh, I didn't actually ask him to be on my podcast. He was going to be on my partner's podcast. And I thought it would be a great conversation and a fruitful discussion. And I met him that day and it was very combative. Um, It was combative on both of our podcasts, actually. So neither one of us, uh, my partner Chris, nor I released the episode. It was very argumentative and very odd. Um, So that didn't feel worth it. And then another time... Yeah, like, a couple other times the conversations were just, like, not very interesting. Um, yeah, and I struggled with that a bit, because I, I, you know, I want to give everyone the space and the time. 
Um, but also I have this responsibility to these thousands of people that listen to my podcast. And so, yeah, um, I have definitely said things on the podcast that then I edit out and release it with something removed. <laughs> I'll wow. do that. Yeah. Where do you edit? What's your editing tool? GarageBand. GarageBand. Yeah. Yeah, that, that happens mm, probably more infrequently than it used to. It took me a little while to figure out, like, what my boundaries were. Um, yeah, I think I talk about this a lot, that for those of us who speak our minds, who have podcasts, who, you know, who aren't afraid to say, like, the honest maybe potentially triggering brave, courageous thing. Like, that's a gift, but what comes with that gift is saying stupid shit occasionally. <laughs> I think that comes with the territory. Um, so I think when I get on a roll and I'm just being open or feeling comfortable, um, yeah, I've said certain things that sometimes I release them and listen back and like, oh god, I really wish I hadn't said that. Um, but yeah, it happens less and less. I think it's like a practice to some extent. Yeah, that gives me a, a lot more freedom and ease moving forward as a podcaster, knowing that I will download the the knowings and abilities and navigation skills that have been developed by others like yourself, and in my own unique way of navigating, that I can still share incredibly openly, yeah. yet have these obvious personal boundaries while still creating expansive information that the listener right. of spin frequency can hear and be like, whoa, this is um, blowing my heart open and mind. Right. Um, yeah. We're going to focus in on the topic of astrology. <laughs> um, I don't normally focus in on topics. I normally just let everything flow, but it feels re really good to focus in on astrology. Well, good. I'm, I, you said earlier that you were sort of purposely avoiding it, so I'm, I'm sort of curious to hear why. I mean, I actually probably agree with everything you're about to say. <laughs> But I think maybe it would be a good jumping off point. The way I see astrology is the same way as I see tradition and religion. Mm. Not the same. I may give it a bit more respect than I do to religion, for example. Tradition, I probably give it more respect than religion and astrology currently. Yeah. I feel like there are layers to getting to the place that we're from. The, the sphere of love that is that oneness and freedom that is the common denominator amongst everything then there's some ideas of how you get there yeah i feel like astrology is one of those pathways i've listened to a lot of information about astrology and the way i normally develop resonance with information about a certain topic is through someone has an ability to stream through a, a tradition or ideology or astrology yeah. and the ability to find their own way and to be able to share it in a way that is open not opinionated and in a way that i can receive receive the information and digest it integrated and I allow it to be a maybe a tool or a way to support me but not something that i am that or you yeah. are that or any of these things for sure i'm aware that i have attributes of someone that is aries however i feel very limited by that description of me yeah i feel there's a piercing I go through through that and into something else but by avoiding astrology it's not supporting me either because there's probably some golden nuggets in there and there's probably a lot of um, awareness 
and self-awareness to be remembered within there. Mm. And any judgments and ideas that I have of what astrology is, I instantly let go of right now to be available to listen and observe and receive. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, when I was growing up, I was raised Jewish-ish, I guess. My, my uh, ancestral line on my mother's side is Jewish, but my mother was not raised in any sort of a religion. And she felt uh, sort of sad about that, actually, that she didn't have that connection to her heritage. And I think Judaism specifically is far more than just a religion or a set of religious beliefs. There's a lot of, it's a culture, and there are customs, and there's food, and there's all this stuff right around it. Um, and so she decided to raise my brother and I as Jewish and sent us to Hebrew school, and we had bar and bat mitzvahs. And I absolutely despised it entirely. Um, and I remember feeling, when I was young, really frustrated because I think especially as I got... I, when I was young, I didn't understand what it was. It felt meaningless and mem like I'm just memorizing things and I'm reading these symbols, but I don't know what they mean. I'm just memorizing their sounds and I didn't have a personal connection to it. And as I got older and started to like understand what the belief systems were of Judaism and I was raised in Reform Judaism I started to get more and more uncomfortable because I thought I might I sort of agree and understand some of this but I so don't agree <laughs> with these other principles and I find it very hard to like sit in this space like physically sit in this synagogue which symbolizes this set of beliefs if I don't agree with every single one of them, right? Like, I felt increasingly more uncomfortable with that. Um, and I, I think went on from that, so, like, after I was 14 or so, and I, I basically thought that, like, religion was a weakness, right? I thought, like, I'm sort of agnostic about whether God exists, but you should be able to be a good person and live your life in a truthful way without this weird <laughs> God, Jesus, whatever you want to call it thing. Like, I just thought it was a weakness. And I had no idea that you could have a spiritual practice or a spiritual belief without being religious. That I just, nobody taught me that. So I thought it was atheism or you know being agnostic which was just like i don't know <laughs> but it didn't go farther than that or religion um so i definitely uh understand your perspective about it this sort of organized structure of, of belief systems and finding it limited and then about five years ago i uh i don't know it probably looked very abrupt on the outside but did not feel as abrupt internally, but I basically changed my entire life from the bottom up. So I was, like, married, living in, like, a suburban community in San Diego. Um, I had a very sort of traditional housewife <laughs> life. And I decided to leave all of it. I met somebody, actually, and he was not the person I was supposed to be with, but he was sort of like um, a light bulb in the dark that showed me that, like, 
my limited beliefs about what was possible were just that, like limited, limiting beliefs, not true. And I totally like rocket launched myself out of that life and I thought it would be way easier than it was. Um, I thought my husband would give me the house. I thought he'd basically continue my regular life just like without my marriage. But that did not happen. He refused to give me the house even though I worked from home. I got very sick. So I broke out in this like really horrific cystic acne all over my face. And like whatever you picture when you hear acne, just like multiply that by 20. <laughs> it was so bad to the point where I was like embarrassed to go outside. And I'd had it struggled with acne throughout my 20s a little bit, but this just got so, so, so bad. Um, and I moved into a little cabin in the woods in Topanga, California. And I, uh, I didn't see anyone aside from my therapist and one friend and like an acupuncturist for a whole year. I just locked myself in this cabin. And I, I'm in Aries Rising. <laughs> And I think part of that archetype is going really hard at something, going all the way, right? Like, you see something you want, or you can identify something you desire, you want to go on a journey, and you go on the journey. <laughs> You're not really afraid. <laughs> you might regret that later, but you go all in. Um, and I have a lot of that energy. And so I did that as far as my own self-awareness. So I like really dug into my childhood trauma and all of this. And what was strange was like within the first few days, I actually moved back in with my mother and that was really hard. Like basically my childhood dynamic was recreated as a 27 year old living with my mom. And I started to see things that I'd never seen, I'd never seen before, at least not as an adult a lot of difficulties in our relating to each other and patterns I might have picked up on. I mean, and I was like so very quickly within a matter of weeks within like the darkest depths ever. But there was something that I thought to myself, which was, <clears throat> this is the worst pain I've ever been in. <laughs> this is the worst period of my life, but I know I'm supposed to be here. I can't tell you why I know that. I can't tell you where I'm going. I can't tell you what I'm going to get out of this. I just know this is right. And I had a friend who had a family friend who she'd always talk about, this woman, Belinda. She was like a psychic or whatever. And I was like so desperate. But at this point, I'm just like, all right, can I talk to Belinda? Like this magical lady that you have in your life? Like, I'll take anything. So I talked to Belinda and Belinda asked me for my birth information to pull up my astrology chart. And she wasn't an astrologer, but she used astrological charts in her readings. And she started saying some things like, well, you're going through your Saturn return and, you know, well, your moon, which refers to your emotional body, is this, this and this. And I just thought, wow, like this is resonating and hitting in ways that nothing else has thus far. And... I didn't know anything about astrology aside from, like, you have a sun sign, right? And you read a stupid horoscope in a newspaper. Kind of silly. I kind of related. I'm a Leo sun. Kind of related to that stuff, but also, like, it seemed ridiculously simple. But these things she was saying to me were like, okay, I'm, I'm at least curious to research more. So I just got on the computer, 
and type went to like you know astro.com and started reading um and what i discovered was that when we're born you know the there is a map of the sky the moment we take our first breath and the sun it's not just the sun that's in the sky the moon was somewhere mars was somewhere saturn was somewhere jupiter was somewhere pluto is somewhere and so our personalities are made up of all of the planets but just positioned in different ways depending on when and where we were born so that was like okay wait a second so this thing that i thought was super simple is actually extremely complex <laughs> you have planets in certain signs certain um in certain constellations in the sky and then the sky is divided into these houses so there's like and then they're all talking to each other right so my moon is across the sky from my ascendant or my son or whomever whoever's chart you're reading so there's this thing that i thought was so simple that was actually like i realized so freaking complex um and so i just kind of kept digging and it was an interesting i think moment for me because you know i recognized that what i was developing or feeling was this sense of meaning or purpose this idea that this is the worst time in my life but i know i'm supposed to be here like there's a bigger there's something larger happening here that i don't i'm not sure what that is yet but i might be able to alchemize this situation into something for my future um and it was really the only thing at the time that gave me hope you know like i think if i felt i think if i hadn't had that you know like why not just be suicidal right like it was just so bad <laughs> like i didn't know if my face would ever get better and i had a lot of i think a lot of my self-worth was tied to my appearance and all of a sudden gone that was gone um same with my i had a health and wellness blog i couldn't possibly sit there and be like here's how to be healthy while i'm like dying so that was gone right my my career my marriage my house another source of external value poof gone so it was an interesting reframing for me in that moment because this thing that i saw as a weakness for my whole life um started to feel differently it it stopped feeling like a weakness and started to feel like no this is a fucking lifeline you know <laughs> um and i'll say one more thing about that and then not, we can i'll let you talk but when i was younger and i went to the synagogue with my mom the rabbi at one point gave a sermon and his wife had just had twins and he was telling the story about how at the hospital there was this crisis and that it was very possible that his both his babies and his wife might die and his sermon was about faith and about belief and about prayer and that in that moment of total lack of control total unknown total crisis that whether or not it worked or was real 
he was very grateful to be able to pray because he didn't know what else to do. That, like, that was the grounding for him. And I remember hearing this at, like, 14 and thinking of myself, I don't quite get that, but if I'm ever in a type of situation like that, what he's saying makes total sense. And, like, you know, those, like, memories that you have sometimes, you don't know why you remember them so clearly, and they, like, pop back into your mind, like, decades later. That was that memory for me. And I, here I am in my own moment of crisis. Um, and I was really grateful to be able to feel connected to something bigger than me, even if I couldn't define it or know what it was or why, right? Um, so yeah. <laughs> Keep going. I know you. I know you feel the need to tag me in, but I've got no passion to go in okay. right now. Must be. Well, you, feel free to interrupt me at any time. Yeah, if I get if, if passion comes in, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll gently. Interrupt. Um. Yeah. So I I spent a couple maybe like a month or a month and a half, two months. I don't know how long it was with my at my mom's house. My health was getting progressively worse. Um, like within a matter of 10 days, it went from like my skin was fine to I was unrecognizable. And of course, in that moment, I'm like, okay, what medications do I take? What do I eat? What do I do? Like just obsessively like taking supplements and like freaking out. Um, and eventually I realized that I could no longer stay at my mother's house. Like it was really, it was nice in a way because she was like buying me groceries and kind of supporting me but also I felt um, very frustrated by being there and I didn't really feel emotionally supported. I felt like she was physically present but not holding me emotionally which then I realized like I, that never happened. Even when I was a kid she didn't do that <laughs> and that was like I remember calling my dad at some point and I said to him, like, can you just remind me, like, what were the problems I had with mom growing up? Because I knew there were a lot. And he said, all the ones you're having now. And I just thought, okay, if I can't handle this as a 27-year-old, how the fuck did I handle this at four or two or eight? And so the anger rose, like, as the awareness rose, the anger rose, and I just, like, I had to get out. Um, I actually decided to stop speaking to my mom for, I think it was about a year, which was very devastating for everyone involved. Um, but I had to figure out who I was and what I was. We had a very enmeshed relationship, um, very codependent and controlling and all this stuff. So yeah, I continued to sort of like be interested in astrology. I found some podcasts that talked about it and what started to be really interesting to me was that these qualities, so not only do we have a full chart with every planet in a different sign and in a different house, and they're all in aspect to each other, and all of those have these traits, right? So Aries is whatever you hear it is, Mars is whatever you hear it is, Leo is this, Gemini is that. But all of those traits originated from a myth. A story somewhere. So Ares is based on Eris, the god of war. And so there are many mythological stories about Eris 
told through Greek mythology, Roman mythology, but you can also find, you know, god of war stories in any sort of indigenous culture who has a set of mythologies, which all of them do. And so these traits that we hear about aggressiveness or courage or anger or bravery, all of those qualities are based on a mythological story. And so what started to really interest me about this was not that we're based on, not that our personalities are just a collection of random traits, but that our personalities are actually stories being told in real time. So we're living our lives, the ways, the stories we tell ourselves, the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves, the stories we tell ourselves about the planet, the stories we tell other people about them or about ourselves, right? We're, we're, ba we're basically, you know, a living, breathing mythology in our own right. You know, if you die, someone could sit down and write the story of your life, right? You did this, then you did that. You reacted this way, you went through this challenge, you had that hero's journey. And I, I started to feel extremely empowered by that. Um, that these stories were, you know, and I also started to see how the stories had been told through certain perspectives. So what was Greek or Roman culture like? And so how were these myths told through that culture? And how might they differ through a different culture that maybe wasn't patriarchal or capitalistic or wasn't trying to build a state of some kind? Um, and it occurred to me that like maybe part of our problem, both personally and collectively, is that we're regurgitating stories unintentionally all the time, right? Civilization this is the best time, you know, this is, progress is great, where things are getting better, we're living longer, right? That's a story. So how are our actions informed by those stories? Um, and uh, <clears throat> I found uh, a couple of podcasts and a couple of astrologers that specifically focused on mythology more than others. Um, so I decided to enroll in an apprenticeship at some point during all of this <laughs> and uh yeah that was a uh, an experience in its own right <laughs> um it was great in many ways uh but also very challenging in others yeah. and I think I always like I do this a lot I I became a certified holistic health coach not because I really wanted to be a health coach just because I wanted the knowledge and it was sort of the same as astrology. I, I don't know if I can... I, don't, I never wanted to be an astrologer. I just wanted to learn about myself. And I found this interesting. So I do this. I'm like, that's interesting. <laughs> I have a desire to go there. I don't really know why or where to go. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I took this apprenticeship. It was like for the better part of a year. And... Uh, yeah, it was, it was lovely because I developed a lot of really close um, relationships with the other people in the course, at least a handful of them. Um, and also really challenging because I, like challenging, but also I'm so fucking grateful because it very quickly introduced me to the world of like 
the narcissist guru figure. <laughs> um, and taught me about spiritual bypassing. And um, really provided me with, like, uh, an example of what I didn't want to become. And yeah, I'm sure you've talked to people or had your own experience with like going through some sort of spiritual awakening to some extent, or people that like do psychedelics for the first time. And I think what happens when we go through that is like we're opened up to all these different paradigms that we didn't even think about before. And we sort of recognize, like, the godliness, quote-unquote, let's say, within all of us. But if that's not, like, managed or controlled properly, then we start to feel like we're, we are God. Even if we're nowhere near that. <laughs> and that's absurd, right? Or, like, you know, we're entering into 5D consciousness, which... You know, I could maybe get down with, but it's not in my fucking lifetime. You know, that's an ideal, but I'm not going to, like, become a rainbow being, you know. <laughs> I, I'm a human, and I have an ego, and, um, yeah, it just taught me a lot about humility. And uh, before we started recording, like, it's, it's something I think I'm, I've taught now a sort of introduction to astrology and archetypal psychology course. I did it twice in the spring and I'm doing it again in October. And I feel super like inspired by it. And I want to give this sense of empowerment and self-knowledge to other people that I got. And I think it's in many ways, maybe not more meaningful, but equally as meaningful as going to someone and having them interpret a chart, right? Like, that's just their interpretation. But if you understand yourself and you can read your own chart, yes, absolutely, get feedback from other people. But you don't need to rely on someone else's version of you. Um, so as much as I feel really great about giving people that gift, I also feel like super conflicted um, because... Like, just the other day, someone went on Reddit and was, like, trying to inquire about my personal life and warranted their questions with, like, well, you're positioning yourself as a guru, so I should be able to ask about the intricate details of your personal life if I want. Like, you're positioning yourself as, like, a life coach or guru. Like, okay, I make fun of life coaches and gurus. Clearly, you don't know who I am, but whatever. Um, so there's, like, that weird angle, and um, there's the weird, like... You know, I, I think people make assumptions about what astrology is, rightfully so. It's been so dumbed down and become so superficial that I feel, like, the need to defend myself constantly. Or, like, I'm embarrassed to say I teach astrology. Um, which is an interesting experience. <laughs> so tell me, what is astrology? <laughs> well... I mean, that's a difficult question. To me, it's a language, I, I would say. So I think, like, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts on this are, but I definitely grew up in the world feeling mostly confused. <laughs> like, I didn't really know why the world was organized in the way that it was. I felt 
conflicted about school. I didn't want to be there. I felt like hemmed in or told to be quiet or I just didn't understand. I always thought I had this idea that we needed to go backwards. Like I always related to hunter gatherers more than I related to modern day society. And I really liked being outdoors and I was just very confused about the way the world worked, but also about people. You know, I think being raised by my mom, I felt very confused about that relationship and about the stories that I was told about how the world worked uh, through her. And I, upon learning astrology, recognized that, you know, even like language itself is very limiting. Labels are limiting, right? So if you say you're gay or straight or monogamous or non-monogamous or you know, like I learned something really interesting, like in a lot of Native American languages, they don't talk about things that we talk about as nouns. So we say that is a lake, but they say that moves, you know, flows like waves. They talk about things in an active way. It's animate, right? Um, and so I think astrology is something similar. It's like you can view the world through an archetype or an energy or you know I, I mean it, again it's hard to explain because like what language do we have to explain it um, but to me instead of looking at someone and saying that person's a this and a that and a this you know and they have this identity I see them in a much more sort of fluid way instead of saying he's a narcissist I think He's telling a narcissistic story. He's running a narcissistic process, but we all do at some point. We all have that capacity. Um, so yeah, to me, it's a, it's a language. It's a way to understand yourself um, that is maybe separate or different from what we were told as far as identity goes or labels or personality. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think the, you know, the, I, in my course, I teach people, I show people their chart, and I tell them how to read it. <clears throat> but what we do, it's called the lunar circle. That's the name of the course. And so we meet for the entirety of one lunar cycle. And we, I teach about each sign as the moon in real time moves through it. So the new moon in October, which is when the course starts, is in Libra. So in the first class, or whatever, the second class after the introduction, I teach about Libra and uh, Scorpio and Sagittarius. And we move through the chart as the moon moves through the sky. But then also what's happening is that people are looking at their own chart and they're saying, oh, I have Mars in Libra. And the moon, I give everyone a little calendar, and it says the moon will hit your natal Mars at 2.13 p.m. on Thursday. So don't live your life normally, but just notice, what are you thinking about at 2.13 p.m.? Did you run into someone? Did you have a conversation? Right, so Mars has a bit to do with um, assertiveness. It's what moves us forward. And so depending on where Mars is in our chart, sometimes our Mars is very strong and very aggressive. Sometimes 
very concealed and, you know, uh, difficult to get in touch with. Um, and so when the moon hits that point, I mean, nothing might happen, right? I'm not saying that, like, if the moon hits that point that something's going to be very, very obvious. It might, but it might not be. Uh, but the point is to teach people about, like, okay, wow, interesting. The, so my, my Mars is in Libra. And when the moon hit that certain spot, I, I was helping to resolve a conflict between two friends, which is a very Mars and Libra thing, potentially. Um, or I was really struggling with making a decision about which thing I should do. Again, another potential expression of that archetype. And so I use the cycle of the moon to help people tune in intuitively and be present for everything that's happening in their life in order to learn about themselves. Um, so, like, for example, I, my moon is in Libra, actually. And uh, when I first learned about that, it had a, you know, Libra is the sign of relationships. And not just relationships between people, but uh, people with their moon in Libra are often very sensitive to their surroundings. So like if the lighting is off, their emotional state gets triggered because the outward world is affecting their emotions, just the moon. It also signals codependency. Your mood is very uh, affected by how other people feel, how other people feel about you. So there's this sort of often... Um, I, I mean, I was very codependent. I was constantly putting my own needs and emotions aside because I just wanted to be liked. I wanted everyone to be happy. I wanted everybody to love me. Um, and so I learned a lot of these things. And it was hard because I saw a lot of my faults in that position, in, in that um, placement in my chart. And I remember I went to this retreat that we did for my apprenticeship and I remember going to the retreat and thinking that one of my intentions on that trip was to really, like, I need to tell a different story about my moon. I'm really grateful it told me this crap about myself that's true. But, like, let's get empowered now and where do I go from here? How do I move this archetype, archetypal expression from, like, a shadowy thing to something healthy? And what I decided to do was, over the course of the next few months to notice what was happening when the moon in the sky hit the exact point of my natal moon. So when I was born, the moon was at 25 degrees of Libra. And so every month, the moon hits that point, like it does for everyone's moon, no matter where it is. And what I, I had several fascinating, what seemed like such insignificant, mundane things happen. One was I was in a grocery store with someone, or I was just in a grocery store. And you know that thing that you do sometimes where, like, you think your partner or your friend or whatever is behind you, and you turn around and you start talking to them, but it's, like, somebody else? <laughs> yeah. So I was the person behind someone, and this guy turns around and starts talking to me about the baguette that he's picked up. <laughs> and <clears throat> he was embarrassed, but... I think I made him feel like less embarrassed and, and more comfortable and we laughed about it and I don't know why like in that particular instance it was super funny 
But we sort of kept exchanging these, like, glances for the next few minutes. Just like, oh my god, that was embarrassing and weird and awkward, but, like, we're, this, we're both humans and we're laughing about it, and, like, this is actually an enjoyable connection. And I went home and I realized that the moon had hit my moon on, on that exact, the exact time that that interaction had occurred. Cut to the next month. I had, I was living at this cabin, was renting it, and I had a lot of time on my hands because I wasn't really going out very much. And in order to get the garbage up to the road, I had to like walk all the way up the driveway and like all the way around. It was like a huge fucking hassle, big driveway, and the garbage was heavy and whatever. And I one day realized that there were stairs buried under dirt that made a direct path from my apartment to those freaking garbage cans. And I saw them and I thought, well, shit, I'm going to dig them out. Like, I'm digging out those stairs. And I had to, like, dig out cactus. And, like, it was a... There were big stairs. So for a couple days, I went... I bought, like, a hatchet. I don't know what I bought. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> like, I just need something to hack things. And I need a shovel. And I did this whole project. And I was so proud of myself and felt so empowered. I did ask for permission, granted from my landlord or anything, but I figured, like, this is a service. You know, I'm doing a service for me and whoever else lives here eventually. He, qu he can't possibly be mad about this, but I was a little worried. And I got home one day, and the guy that did, like, maintenance <clears throat> on the property was there. And he only spoke Spanish, and I didn't speak any Spanish. Uh, and so we could not communicate. <laughs> there was a language barrier. <laughs> And I, I pull up and I see him there and I think, oh shit, like, I bet he saw the stairs, he's going to tell my landlord, like, what if I get in trouble? And he looks at me with this sort of, like, smirk on his face. And again, we can't communicate in words, but he points to the stairs and then points to me, like, basically being like, did you do this? And I was like, yeah. And he, like, gave me the thumbs up, and he was, like, so impressed. And we had this, like, really beautiful personal exchange that felt, like, really comfortable, even without language. Again, that was the exact moment that the moon hit my moon in the sky. And so there's this thing with Libra, again, which is this sensitivity to other people and, and relationship. And I, I mean, I have a podcast. Like, I can make people feel pretty damn comfortable pretty quickly. I can pretty instantly develop a rapport. Even with, like, someone I don't like or I have nothing in common with. Like, I will be able to have a conversation with you. We will get along. It will be friendly and it won't be awkward. And so those two, again, if I was not paying attention, those are just, like, two random silly things that you might not pay attention to. But through t tuning in to my chart, excuse me, and the transits that were moving through it, I was able to learn something really beautiful about myself and really empowering that then like helped me to retell that story. Yes, your, you know, intense sensitivity to other people's energy can turn out not so great, but it can also be a real a gift. Um, so that's how we, that's how I structure things for people. It's, it's not like, here's what all the signs mean. It's like, here's the basis. Here's what the symbols are standing for. Um, I, I, I have them buy one book that's very 
I think, describes these things in a pretty poetic, intuitive way anyway. But I don't require them to read it if they don't want. I just say, just go out in the world. Just pay attention. What were you thinking about? What were you feeling? How do you relate to this energy? What does it make you feel? Do you feel aligned with it? Do you feel unaligned? You know, Virgo and the moon's in Virgo. Are you someone who's super organized and neurotic or are you someone who's a total mess, right? Like, how do you relate to every single one of these archetypes? Because we contain all of them. Um, What's an archetype? What? What's an archetype? Yeah. So an archetype, like, is, let's say, the character of Eris, the god of war. So in mythological stories, what ends up happening is that there's one, let's say there's just a character that's associated with that archetype, with that sign or planet. Because there are multiple stories about them, the traits associated with that character are varied. So, like, again, using this example, Eris, it's both courageous and brave and being able to protect yourself and the people you love. But also the story alludes to qualities of aggressiveness and anger and self-centeredness and defensiveness. But even just those things in and of themselves, so all of those qualities make up one archetype. So uh, Aries is an archetype, Gemini archetype, Scorpio archetype. So Scorpio is related to Hades, god of the underworld. He's got his own (laughs) set of stories that make up that archetype. So archetype is basically like Jung talked about it a lot and the collective unconscious um, that basically throughout time, no matter when we were born in history, no matter what culture we were born, that we all are telling a set of stories just expressed through different cultures and different circumstances, but that we all have these like specific symbols um, and specific personality traits or stories, right, inside of every single one of us. So there's something we all share. We're all, uh, yeah, we're all telling us the same same stories in different ways, organized in different directions. Um, but the thing about a human is that they're not just one archetype, right, which is why, like, sun sign astrology is so stupid. You're not just Aries, your sun's there but where's your moon where's your mars where's your venus right mars is how we move forward in life venus is how we love you know saturn is where we might find restriction but also where we might how things come into form for us how we create things um so humans are a collection of all these different archetypes and the archetype the uh, the archetype itself is multivalent if that makes sense (laughs) So yeah, it's all about these collective stories that we're telling individually, but together as well. Is that a lot? So much information. (laughs) I don't remember a word, (laughs) but I listened to every single one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and there's like, it's it's frustrating because I think a lot of astrology people will be like, oh, well, I'm an Aries, so that's why I'm an asshole. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) how is that helpful, right? I mean, maybe, you know, and to some extent, like, okay, you're an Aries, so you learned about yourself that you have some asshole qualities. 
great, but like that's not helpful or constructive. Um, you know, and also I think like it's a it's a lie. There's that saying, "As above, so below." But then it continues, <laughs> like, "As within, so without." It's a astrology is a mirror. It's not we're not puppets. It's not like oh well, you're an Aries, so therefore you act in X Y Z way. No, it's just like you go to the bathroom in the morning and you see the anger that you feel inside reflected back to you through the mirror. It's just validating. Um, and I think that's the most harmful thing that people do with astrology is they think like, <coughs> you know, we don't have free will or we're being controlled by the planets or, um, I don't know, I find that a little boring. I think it's, you know, someone said in my course the last time I taught it that astrology is basically just like, a set of permission slips you know ideally like if I gave you a reading I'm not going to tell you anything you don't already know about yourself you know all this we all know all these things it's just a matter of like believing in it and trusting ourselves and our intuition um, and I think like that's what people are missing right like Especially in this culture, like, we're told, you know, when we're kids, like, oh, you're not hungry? Eat anyway. Oh, like, you're not tired? Well, this is the time you need to go to sleep, right? You don't give a shit about math? Learn it anyway, right? We have no idea what intuition is or self-trust. Um, and I think that's where astrology or other tools as well can be really helpful. It's just like... You already know this. It's just a question of whether you're listening carefully or you trust yourself enough. Um, so, yeah, that was like a very long answer to what is astrology. But yeah, a language and a mirror and um, a tool to uh, remind yourself and teach yourself about intuition again, I think. Um, you know, like, what what would society be if we all had intuitive awareness? <laughs> like, we wouldn't, ha we wouldn't be able to continue the system. We wouldn't opt in to a capitalist mindset. We wouldn't work 40 hours a week. We wouldn't devalue our time, you know? How did you discern between intuition and fear? Um, I think partially by becoming aware of our stories, right? So, like, <clears throat> becoming aware of our own confirmation bias and our own patterns. Um, so here's another example would be, like, I... Potentially controversial topic, but Get uh, <laughs> <Do it. laughs> um, I'm gonna take a sip of water, so take it. What are you looking for? No, I have a secret bit of chocolate in here. Mm. <clears throat> no, it's, it's gone. It's gone. It's okay. Water, yes. 
No. All good. All I remember is controversial topic. <laughs> discernment. Yeah. And the hole in my pants is still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think your your concern about the hole in your pants is more fear than intuition. <laughs> I don't even, I'm not thinking about it. <laughs> oh, man. Um. <coughs> it's good to choke on your own bullshit. Yeah. Okay, so. Pardon me. Controversial topic, but relevant. So, I was raised, my parents decided not to vaccinate me when I was a baby. I had no vaccinations ever in my life. Not one a little difficult to get into like camps and schools but there were like personal religious exemptions or things could be worked out and my mom raised me with like a blue suitcase of little homeopathic tablets that you put in your mouth and you know we really only went to like regular doctors when it was really needed and we grew up with a very holistic approach to medicine and to wellness I you know, had a health food blog, I worked in the natural products industry, I've never really trusted mainstream medicine, I don't really trust the mainstream pharmaceutical industry, none of this stuff. Um, And so, (laughs) when COVID happened, and the vaccine came out, it was like, okay, this is interesting. Because I need to make a decision here about whether or not I'm going to get this thing. And, of course, what happened was a lot of fear came up. Because, first of all, I've never fucking gotten a vaccine. Like, maybe I'll die. I don't know. Like, maybe that's irrational, but I don't know. I really don't have any experience with this. I don't trust any of these systems. I don't believe in any of these systems. I don't really even participate in any of these systems. I've created a career and a lifestyle around rejecting these systems. So fear comes up. And I think I could have seen that fear as intuition. Oh, like, this vaccine's super dangerous. I'm going to be in trouble if I get it. I'm going to be hurt by this. You know, it's got a chip in it or it's DNA therapy or whatever stories I could tell. But because I was so aware of my bias, I, like... I have a proclivity to reject mainstream medicine. A lot. (laughs) So in trying to make this decision for myself, I had to say, okay, like, no one can see this, but I have scales in my hand. The scale of distrust is, like, very high relative to the scale of trust. But if I'm going to make this decision intuitively, so clearly, and honestly, and fairly... I have to compensate for this huge scale that is, don't trust this, be afraid, blah, 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 right? So it's like, I have to know I'm coming to the table with that concern. Whereas, I have another friend. His his mother got remarried, his parents got divorced, his mother got remarried and married this guy who's like the biggest conspiracy theorist of all time. And the two of them, his mother and his stepfather, have made pretty, like, well-known movies about, you know, conspiracies and uh, the Illuminati and that there is free energy and, like, 
pretty wild stuff. Maybe some truth, but like pretty damn wild. And he's grown up totally embarrassed by this and ashamed and angry at his mom for believing such garbage. And so for him, when the, uh, when the choice of do I get the vaccine or not comes up, he's actually, his scale's tipped in the opposite direction. He's like, screw those conspiracy theory people. Science is real. You know, proof is all we have. Um, and if I can't prove something, it's not real. Right? So his scale's tipped in the opposite direction. So if he wants to make a valid decision, he, he maybe should increase the, the, the side of the scale that is a little bit skeptical of science or a little bit skeptical of mainstream medicine, right? Um, but I don't think we do that very often. I think we make decisions that are so based on our trauma and just being triggered and doing exactly what you say, like thinking fear is intuition. Um, so like for me I think the way to discern between those two things is to at least first like get really clear on where your bias might be coming in you know like do you have a proclivity toward not trusting men or do I have a proclivity toward not trusting women okay well if I get into a situation that I'm really triggered by a woman you know, I got I have to increase the side of the scale. It's like, okay, well, maybe she's not trustworthy, but maybe you're bringing a lot of this distrust to the table yourself. Um, so yeah, self-awareness. I think that's how we can at least try to distinguish the two. Your course that's happening twice in October. Once in October. Once in October. Yeah, yeah. Um, for the full lunar cycle. Yeah. Um, for the people that are interested in listening, how do they access? Uh, you can go to my website, which is Anya Kotz, A-N-Y-A-K-A-A-T-S dot com slash lunar circle. Anya Katz. And it's all there. Yeah. K-A-A-T-S dot yeah. com. Yeah. Forward slash lunar circle. Circle. Yeah. <laughs> and this is online? Yes, online. How much does it cost? Uh, if you're a patron of mine, I have a Patreon community. Um, it's five forty-seven, um, and if not, it's five ninety-seven. But I also offer payment plans. Dollars, um, U.S. dollars. U.S. dollars. Amazing. Yeah. And and how many hours is that, or how does it work? It's about twenty plus hours total. So we meet. Um, there's six lectures that I give that are about two hours, um, and people can attend those live or not. And then there are smaller groups that meet, depending on what you choose, at different times of day. So people can participate in any time zone. Um, and in those smaller groups, you basically discuss the course material and talk about your experiences throughout the week, right? So it's like, if I'm teaching about Libra, uh, Scorpio, and Sagittarius, that small group meets before the next course to share with each other about what they experienced. Um, Including you or just the people? In just those people. And then it's those groups are led by former graduates of the course. Um, and then what they'll do is because I still want to interact directly with everybody, uh, they will gather questions that people had throughout the week 
and that group leader will pose those questions to me live when we're all together in the lecture and I'll answer everybody's questions or discuss whatever needs to be discussed so amazing yeah and you said the bit that I didn't catch at the beginning was with people in different time zones is information and material that's just available at any time for people yeah so like the last couple times I did this I combined the group discussions and the lectures together which led to very long meeting times and also um eliminated the possibility for people to participate if they couldn't like be there at 10 a.m on Tuesdays um so the way I did it this time is separate the lectures from the group meetings so you can come to the lectures live if you can if you're in the right time zone if you have the availability or you can watch the recording which I'll post right away and then for the smaller groups, there's a group that meets at 9 a.m. There's a group that meets at 1.30 p.m. There's a group that meets at uh, like 4.30 and then 6 p.m. So uh, when you sign up, you choose which group works for your time zone or work schedule or whatever. Um, so, yeah, so this allows people, more people to participate, hopefully. Amazing. Yeah. Well, well done for bringing together something that's so um, well-structured and... Um, feels got an essence of a lot of presence and a lot of self-awareness and sharing something that could be idealized in a way that people can find their own shepherding of their own reality thank you feels and sounds amazing (laughs) yeah i'm interested to hear from anyone anyone listening um that ends up doing the course please email me after to let me know how it goes (laughs) yeah that'd be fun I'll, I'll, i'll delete this episode if it ends up being fucked up and she ends up being narcissistic and all that kind of thing yeah please do i always say to people like if i ever like start being a total crazy person or like using this language like just off me now um that's really good to have friends and people in your life that can gently ground you if you're you're, um listen to you but also just give whip out the old sword of truth if it's needed to just rebalance you a little bit because we're all going to get lost yeah totally yeah and i think that's like my struggle with even teaching to begin with it's like how do you you know it's like there's some quote about like the people that know the most say the least or something so it's like this frustrating thing where like i really want to get rid of the shitty version of astrology that's used but i also like don't really want to prop myself up as a guru so it's this like constant navigation between like I want to share, but I don't want to like be the person on the pedestal, you know. Um, so yeah, I think I I try to do that at least in this course, like make it more about their experience than my teachings or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, like even this, this was vulnerable to talk about because I feel like I talked so much. <laughs> Thank you for being so vulnerable and expressing. <laughs> pleasure to listen to you. Thank you and for having me. And an absolute pleasure being you being on the podcast. Thanks, Michael. Um, listened to a lot of your episodes, and I've shared your episodes with people that are very important to me. That I felt your words, with the way you speak, were going to enlighten their state of being at that time that they were in, hmm. and to sitting in front of you now <laughs> listening to you and recording you, you and been able to be on the podcast that I've created since 
those times that I introduced you to people right. is um, really um, reaffirms the magic of the world and really allows me to feel grateful um, for sitting down and creating things like this podcast yeah. and buying this microphone <laughs> and, and having a really good excuse to sit down yeah. <laughs> and chat with someone that's amazing. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it's super magical. I mean, right? Because like you listened to my podcast, saw us randomly in San Marcos in town at a restaurant, was able to make that connection, um, which like, you know, we'll, we can poo poo on social media and all this stuff, but like, it really does bring people together and like, I think create community and connections in a world that is hard to do that in sometimes. Um, so it's like, it's phenomenal to me to see like who I meet and where I go and you know, just being here, you invited me to the yoga forest for a day, <laughs> very generously paid for my yoga and food, which I really appreciated. It was such a beautiful experience. Um, and yeah, it's like, we can't really credit anything but the podcast for doing that. And I think that's super cool, you know, to be able to, like I said, when I first started it, like during that period of time, I was like, I'm just like really lonely and like need friends and I don't know where to find them. But maybe if I pick up a microphone and just start talking about, like, my own beliefs that other people who share them will show up, um, which is kind of selfish, but totally worked. <laughs> and I'm grateful for that. Um, so it's cool. It's cool to see the physical, like, manifestation of that just continue to pan out. So thanks for being a part of it. <laughs> Definitely. Pleasure. Yeah. Um, I think we're on end now. I don't even know what, what, what time we're on. What, an hour an and hour. four minutes. Absolutely perfect. Um, yeah, I'll, I, I'll speak into the whole Patreon thing that you, you've got created and I've been saying at the end of the podcast. Um, please support me and been able to give these grand invitations to amazing beings like Anya. Um, sometimes a grand invitation can make it easier to bring someone like yourself on where you're like, here's some yoga meditation and food and come and have a grand experience it yeah. doesn't have to be that way yeah. but um, it's also really nice and being able to receive money on Patreon supports that and when I when me and my partner get the idea to go to Tullam in a couple of months or wherever to have the money in the bank to, to fly there or whatever yeah. it's really amazing and some people on here that'll give whatever a euro or five euro a month that appreciate this kind of information like paying for Netflix or something else yeah. is really appreciative and it's allowing the value of this experience and spin frequency to receive that kind of energy totally. and to be um, married by someone that is supported financially by Patreon is a really good um, reality seer because it's alright theoretically again and saying it but it's witnessing someone that has experienced it is a great um, yeah. witnessing to see that Patreon support does happen and it's really amazing and to continue to speak the words in a way that is shared with people that are listening that it's easy for them to do so literally go on to Patreon and type in Spin Frequency and it's a, a button click and putting in your PayPal or bank details and it's that easy Yeah. Um, cancel it after two months <laughs> if you want to just do one off yeah. payment or whatever it is that's what I say too yeah, just, and, like, just pop in and out if you want yeah, yeah. I, and I think it's like that's I try to explain to people too that like when you 
support the podcast financially and even like review it on iTunes or wherever you put it, like that helps get guests on that then are beneficial to the people listening, right? Like because the podcast looks more serious because more people have reviewed it. So it is this sort of cycle of like, I know it seems like I'm asking for like gratification, but I promise that like I wouldn't be asking for that if it wasn't coming back around to the listener in the form of better guests or in the form of a community space or in the form of, you know, the perks I offer on Patreon or whatever else. So I like that kind of, it seems like you're paying me, but really you're sort of paying yourself in a way. In that um, circle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, I know it's, a, it, it's happened already and it's going to happen. So I'm really interested to witness this cycle going from the first 10 episodes having between 20 and 200 listeners having looked in the last eight or nine having had the interest of looking yeah. and knowing and manifesting it's going to get to billions of people yeah. that beings are, going, are listening yeah. and these conversations are being heard and just witnessing how it gets there and witnessing these bold manifestations of billions of people listening and seeing am I able to deal with that kind of public profile and able to deal with that kind of listenership and clearly knowing that it's going to happen in an organic natural way where I build yeah. my abilities to receive support criticism all of these different things and my own mental well-being and emotional and physical well-being to be able to navigate that and not be able to take things personally and be able to allow it to flow and everything around me building with that yeah. so it's really interesting you're going to see how that's going to grow yes right now my patreon says zero dollars you see <laughs> And seeing how that grows and financially abundant as it is, um, I know I'm never going to have to work for anything that's off my purpose. I'm going to keep working into my purpose and living into it and knowing that it will support itself and I will be abundant financially, mentally, yeah. in love and all of these things. But primarily it's having conversations with, like yourself in these kind of surroundings with this sweating mountain beside us. <laughs> yeah, this is... And this amazing octa, octa-sided, <laughs> eight-sided geometric hut that I manifested of building in Ireland that's right here. Yeah. This tash roof, bamboo, all these plants, tripping balls. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, really grateful to be in this forest in um, San Marcos, in this place. Um... I don't know how it's happened, but I'm really, really grateful. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. When you, like, yeah, I think about that, too, a lot. <laughs> and to be so mentally well as well at the moment, because I've gone through yeah. such moments of just, like, conscious awakening and insanity to be here and actually be feeling really centered and well and actually being a, a wellness staff member. Yeah. Like, I'm the one <laughs> guiding people into wellness. <laughs> Yeah, see, you deal with it, too. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing the complete polarity. Yeah. <laughs> um, but coming from going into sanity and sanity and knowing when to pull out and pull in. And I don't even have to do anything. When I'm not well, yeah. people don't pay me to support them to be well. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, yes. So, so it's like, I'm, and I'm, I'm never in lack to be like, I'm feeling insane today, but I need that $50 right. that that person needs from counselling. Right. So I'm going to have to do that to pay for dinner t tonight. No. That's, that's not a reality. Yeah. I'm free from these 
persons of beliefs that would mean that I would have to do anything. Right. Um, so yeah, trusting what's coming through will always be what is what's required. And yeah. Yeah, I think that, and the more you yeah. practice that, the more that becomes easier, I think. Like, I think I was saying the other day when we were talking about the podcast, like, I was so controlling about, I have to, like, get X amount of content out on my blog, and, you know, I have to do this, and I have to do that, and it was just crazy-making and not successful, ultimately. Uh, and so when I started this podcast, it was like, I want to start the podcast because of what I want to do, but I also want it to be a project that teaches me how to let go of control and teaches me how to approach something intuitively. And so I still get it. Like sometimes like it'll be like a couple weeks or three weeks. I haven't released something. And it's not even that I haven't had the recording. I just like can't get it together to record the intro or edit the thing. And it's like that struggle of like, shit, I'm failing you know, this or that, and then, but if I can just push back against that and be like, no, like, trust the timing, it'll happen when it happens, then, yeah, like, the dialogues I have start to feel woven into the dialogues that everyone is having during that time. And and then your dialogues are also interwoven into how you, in, you let go of that pushing, and then someone comes on that whacks the whole blogging thing or whatever, and they yeah. give you the insight that's actually in the podcast the links 100%. to this so these tools in a way creating the podcast for me is my teacher right um, totally because I created it from a, a, in a place that was very in a vision to support me and the world in a certain way that you may forget that vision but then it reminds you whenever you're getting lost off track again back to the theme of why you created it yeah I love um, that I've, I never thought about it as a teacher but that's Oh, I listen back to the yeah. episodes and they teach me. Yeah, no, I mean, I yeah, do that too, yeah, but I had yeah. it like totally, I was like, oh, it's like a pro an intuitive project and it's like a flow project. Um, but yeah, certainly like allowing the project itself to teach you and the conversations to teach you. Yeah. Allow uh, the podcast to podcast. You're yeah. <laughs> riding with it in a way. Right, totally. You're rewilding with the, with the thing that you're creating, like having no idea how to do it due to me not willing to take on any idea of how anyone else has done it before just hearing your podcast Chris's Duncan Trussell's Joe Rogan's all these different people that I resonate with areas in some areas I'm like nah <laughs> not my world yeah. and just like and then growing with the podcast and realizing that thing I said of that's not my world I had no idea what I was talking about mm, that's genius mm. and you you feel a, a new perspective of how and why they're acting that way Totally. because they're actually in that reality sure. and you develop more compassion then you build and then your client excuse me not your clients your guests change and evolve as you're going through this cycle and you're meeting people exactly at the particular moments right. um, and you really feel that community coming together again this bold idea of like my t-shirt conscious living retreats the yoga forest it's like like I, I, I sometimes can't even as I told you get past 10 minutes of a yoga class yet I'm fucking wellness staff member of the yoga force do you know what I mean <laughs> it's like everyone here is yoga teachers but me like yeah. none of it makes sense but there's something happening that makes sense every so often and it's like whoa <laughs> fuck it's genius yeah and it's not me yeah 
But I'm part of this genius. Right. This amazing thing. And if I knew it wouldn't work, I'm not supposed to know. Right. I've moments of knowing to like give me a that again right. and manifest from there, but then I'm back remembering not to know again and back to breathing and watching the reflections and just enjoying the beauty and every time the mind my mind wants to go to another experience reminding it back to the moment again watching the fairies fly above the pond (laughs) yeah and just being slow enough to watch the waterfall and observe the sweating of the mountain the plants aren't actually still they're literally moving it's like what you say with the lake it's they're moving yeah there's perceiving I've been starting to see plants shiver like they're just going like this <laughs> and I go over beside them put my hand beside them and they stop and yeah. it's like there's this communication and it's gorgeous yeah but sometimes you got to slow down to to witness it and then you realise it's you can actually speed up and still witness it mm. <laughs> it's yeah. like there's no actual rule yeah um yeah it's absolute genius it's awesome I swim in there yeah yeah pretty much every morning it's my first thing wake out, up out of bed don't allow myself to think just like back breathing again jump straight in there and boom yeah how deep is it up pretty to deep. my shoulders okay so about four foot yeah yeah is it super cold not really right yeah it's cold for other people yeah for me i don't yeah feel it is i jump into like lakes in northern montana or rivers rather in northern montana oh yeah that's cold peace peace (laughs) cake yeah peace cake well awesome this is probably the most epic place i've ever recorded a podcast so thank you wow (laughs) that's a that's a compliment i i I hear what she said about you i could be wrong but i really can't think of anything (laughs) normally it's like on a couch in a room somewhere you're out of your mind yeah (laughs) (laughs) this is pretty rad well that's actually the description of the podcast is to it's the heart space so Mm -hmm. it's like to support people out of their mind yeah so they can't even think that Mm -hmm. they're just is that why i talked straight for 45 minutes (laughs) (laughs) well yeah that's that's i i i really really desire and want to have spaces for myself and others to just allow their heart to spin into whatever frequency that is that frees their their being to express their uniqueness to the world and allow that to manifest and i feel that may just be really special so yeah yeah it's it'll continue and it's happening and we're moving we'll, we'll um we'll stop it now okay We'll stop it now. One, One seventeen, thirty.